It's a 2010 Osmo Awards. Aggressive Edition! Mermaider, 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 Mermaider! Wait, we're not doing going with the uh, no. Metal Ocalypse parody? No, 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 folks, and we're the awesome cast. I'm speaking for Basil because he's laughing because we're dumbasses. I'm Eric. I'm Kevin. And I'm Basil, and that's us. Uh, some things that you don't get to hear that I do would amaze you. No, like amaze. pussy farts. It would amaze you. <laughs> God damn it. Dude, you goddamn pussy farts. Can we say that on a podcast? Can we say that on a podcast? Uh, well, we have now. There's no turning back. There's no going back. There's no turning back. Unless James edits it out. It's, look, if it's good enough for George Carlin, it's, it's good, good enough, enough for, for us. Praise you in your non-existence, Carlin. Oh, and speaking of... Non-existence? Yeah. Did you see the Ricky Gervais's Golden Globes thing? Where no, he, I didn't. He ripped everyone, Hollywood, a new one. Did he? Yeah, uh, he was. I did not see this. No, go watch working, it. Like but, it's yeah. the man might have bigger balls than Stephen Colbert at the White House. Mm. Like it's that level of, oh, did you just say that? That's amazing. Everyone's going to hate you now, and I don't think he cared. He also ended the um, the thing with saying, "And thank God I'm an atheist." <laughs> okay, I gotta go look so this up later. It was uh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Anyways, hello everybody. We're the Awesome Cast podcast for everything awesome um this is going to be our second podcast to wrap up 2010 in a uh, quote-unquote award show format which really now i'm thinking about our whole awards thing is sort of a proto version of the roundtable format we debuted last year a bit didn't realize it until i just start started talking until hey. we started talking but hey there you go and um, that was one of the neater things we'll probably do more roundtables as time goes on um anyways as always, we have the website, awesomecast.com. Check out the Index of Awesome. There's lots of older Awesome Casts. This can be like 76 or 77. Really? Like, And that's just the numbered ones. Uh, that's I'm counting. telling you, 100 needs to be a video like, cast. Like, yeah, that's not counting like um, interviews or roundtables or awesome craps or anything. That's just straight up regular shows. We have a subject, we talk about it. Weird. And I'm telling you, uh, we're I'm telling you, number 100 needs to be a video cast. We'll see what we'll do. I don't, I don't know. I might do, a, we might do a thing where instead we'll just do a super long podcast where we'll bring in a bunch of different guests. No, video like cast. Little, I kind of like segments. the video cast idea, although I, yeah. I, I do not think we have the manpower to actually pull off a video presentation. I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You don't have the time. I think. You're doing. Before I am. Ergo you are working a full-time job at Starbucks now. I was already working a full-time Starbucks job and working full-time. You are going to be an assistant manager. You're going to have even more work than you did before. That's true. And you're going you're going to school full-time. 
Let's not make this the Eric cast, though. So, anyways. So, for all you Eric stalkers, and I know you're out I know you're out there. Hey, ladies. That was disgusting noise, wasn't (laughs) it? That was a disgusting noise. I could be making that disgusting noise on your genitals. Can we say that on the podcast? I can say genitals if I can say pussy farts. (laughs) You can leave a comment in the comment section. If none of you leave comments in this comment session for this podcast, I'm worried about our audience. But, as it may, you can also send us emails at awesomecast at gmail.com. Like this person. How do we know they're a person? Maybe it was an animal that learned how to type. Well, this person is Kristen Huff, and they say, Dear Winner, we have been notified to let you know about your claim of 250000 Oh, God damn it. Are you reading the spam mail? Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. I I should give them my full name, contact address, phone number, age, sex, country, contact, email. I I don't have to send them, like, my uh, county number or anything. It might be legit. I don't know. Can we? Do we have a real email, or are we just? Yes, actually, we do. Oh, we have a real email um, from. Oh my Trevin. god, for who? Uh, Trevin. 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 We don't know it. Not a. We know a Kevin. We don't know. Yeah, this we got is, a Kevin right here. This is a Trevin. This is not a Kevin. Yeah, we don't know it. Trevin. The do 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 do. Trevin. He says, oh, sorry. Dear awesome cast. Hi. Or zero some cast. Is he used a zero? I think to spell awesome. Oh no! It's lead speak, my mortal no, enemy. That's the only thing he did. Um. <laughs> You guys' podcast is awesome. I was just watching your podcast about anime of the decade, and I have to say, all the anime you guys discussed were awesome. I'm only 18, so I might not know what good anime, but I agree, long shows like One Piece are not always good, because they are almost never have an ending. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, this sounds, Trevin sounds like a fucking winner to me. What's up, Trevin? I just wanted to send you email saying you guys are awesome. We are awesome. We're the awesome cast, in fact. And that the first FMA is better than Brotherhood because Ed and Al Bond was better shown in this series. Well, we're not going to start that debate. I don't want these two nerdgasming all over the fucking mic. P.S. Macbeth is the tragic story that Code Geass compared to. Okay. We probably had a question about that. that I can see that. I don't remember. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that, Trevin. You and me, we could tie one on sometime. Wait, you're only 18. Okay, you and me, we'll go smoke a cigarette. No, you're only 18. Oh, well, I can't do anything fun with you, sorry. Trevin, you could wait outside while Eric goes shops for porn. Yeah! And you could you could be the driver. <laughs> if you have a car. If you have a car. If you have a car. Well, he's 18, he might have a car. We don't know. We don't know. Depends on where he lives. It's true. Some places have much better public transportation. But thank you, Trevin. You sent us an email. And I just read that email on the air, as we want to do when you send us emails, at awesomecast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail, at whatever that voice number is. And Basil talk like this, in the Basil Shatner. The Basil Shatner, indeed. I call it the Basil Manana. The Basil (laughs) Manana. There we go. Tie that into those fucking weeaboos. All right. So, there we go. Had the email. Boom. Done. Next up, our year look back. The year 2010. This is the aggressive edition, which means stuff that you're actively, you know, doing, like playing video games, or board games, or watching Eric, you know, well... Or watching Eric watch football and go, God damn it! Or if you're Eric watching football, I should say. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, these are all active activities, so aggressive. Yeah. Active activities cut. Anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, active and activity, you shouldn't say it in the sentence, it should be cut. You're the English major, God! Maybe I was using alliteration. As opposed to all those no, passive it wasn't activities. Active activities, no, well, maybe, but it's a really shitty alliteration if it's alliteration. Well, I didn't say it was good alliteration, and it was... It's not always all-encompassing alliteration. Okay, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. Okay, okay. Now we're going to have a quick musical interlude, and we're going in to our things of topics Things of, of topics of talking. <laughs> and here's musical interlude. You should always go bottom to top with a girl, guys. Like, I know you want to go top to bottom, because, you know, you know, I know. You know what I'm talking about, but, uh... Well, it depends, I mean. Anyways. I mean, because you never go... Anyways. We will start with, what's more, Late to the Party. Which is something that we've played in the past, before 2010, that we're now really enjoying last year. Something that came out before 2010 right, that we enjoyed in 2010. 2010. Yes. Um, Kevin? Okay, that's pretty easy for me. That was uh, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, for GameCube originally. But I never owned a GameCube, but I do own a Wii. And I have a GameCube controller. So, um, I was. it's probably the best survival horror game ever, period. Uh, very, it's Lovecraftian and everything but name. The game has a sanity gauge, and most of the sanity effects are made to mess with the player as opposed to the character. Um, and it's it's a really good game. It's like I Silicon Knights needed to make more of that and not waste our time with the two human bullshit. Um, hey, now we're getting the new X Men. Well, first off, two human was a good idea, which is bad execution. Yes, and I agree. unfortunately, that's actually kind of how I feel about Eternal Darkness. It's much better execution than two human. But God, the controls in that game make me want to shoot my head. I actually think it's better than your average survival horror game, though. No bullshit. No, no it is. It's well, it's, it's a, better than the original Resident Evil games. That's not saying much. But at the time when it came out, and Silent Hill. It's better than Silent Hill. Yeah, at the, the time, time, it, came time out. it came out. Was, bef- was that was years before Resident Evil Four came out? Yes. Which gave us a final horror with a decent control scheme. Okay. So at the time, it wasn't that probably the best controlling survival horror game on console on consoles that I would know that I know of. Like it really would be. It I I easily 
found myself playing through it three times and all three possible story routes to get the real ending of the game. And I, I played it three times in rapid succession. I still wasn't bored with it. That's rare in a game. I makes me wish I had a GameCube and played it when it was new. <laughs> uh, I have been playing New Super Mario Brothers. Which, uh, I had not, I, I played it before, but I hadn't actually, like, sat, like, we, like, everyone bought it, and then we busted it out, and we played through the first, like, four levels all the time on, like, multiplayer, and it would be like, oh, this is really fun, we should play this sometime, and then we never did, and so it just kind of, there's up in Atlanta, and, um, hanging out with my parents, my dad, um, owns a Wii, but he never uses it, and I was like, and he had gotten new Super Mario Brothers for, for, uh, Christmas that year, and I was like, can I take this? And he's like, yeah, sure, I don't give a damn. So I got a copy of it for free, so now I've really been sitting down and playing, and it's a really fun game. Like, uh, it is Mario, you know, it's new Mario. Anytime they want to put out new Mario, I'll buy it, Nintendo. It's just, you know. Or even I'll, you know, I'll play the old ones. For example, they released the uh, Mario All-Stars collection, which is smart All-Stars on a disc, with a soundtrack CD. That's not even the good version of All-Stars. Well, the, it's based off the Japanese version, I mean, the original version of All-Stars, which is just Mario's 1, 2, and 3, and quote-unquote Lost Levels, Japanese which was Mario Japanese Mario 2. And then they, you know, and they gussied it all up in, you know, 16-bit graphics. Now, in America, not over in Japan, but in America, they did do a combo, which was where they where they hacked in uh, Mario World on top of that of those. Well, yeah, but it wasn't, like, part of uh, Super Mario oh, All-Stars. It wasn't. Didn't you even did select it, like, when the game started? It was, like, Duck Hunt Mario, where you yes, had, like, you, a click-click, which you want to... You collected whether you wanted All-Stars or Mario. Or Mario World, yeah. And it, so it wasn't, yeah. yeah. Now, it's funny, Kevin, that you mentioned that. Uh, because on Christmas, when I finally started playing it, I started playing it, and then realized, you know what, what I really want to play is Mario World. <laughs> so I, I went and punched in Mario World on my virtual console, and, you know, and I spent a lot of my Christmas day, because I was really bored and had nothing to do, playing Mario World again. Yeah, it is on the, like, all those games are on the virtual console, actually, already, but... Like, but not in the Super Nintendo jazz jazz up versions that All-Stars had. True. So, that's why I bought the disc, and now, also, it's an awesome collectible, because Nintendo didn't print anymore, and it was a very limited run. Yeah. They sold really quickly at my work. Uh, they sold quickly everywhere. Good Mario. It's Mario. I mean, um, not fucking Mario. Mario game is going to sell. My actual late to the party was um, Cave Story. Ah, oh, that's a good one. That was pretty neat, yeah. Like, I did not, I never, I didn't touch it until I finally hit the Wii this year. Um, but it's a very, it's a classic old indie game. I know Lee was a vocal supporter of Cave Story. Yeah, he's he really into Cave Story. And it is really, really fun. And it is an awesome game. Yeah, really, really short. Short, but it's it's packed to the gills. Oh yeah, with like I mean, I'm not, I'm not insulting it. I'm just like good yeah. shooting, and if you can also you can get through the hell stuff, then you're a better game than I. Yeah, I, I intend to sit down with that at some point for a while. Uh, but, uh. So now we lead in from something we've done before, or something new to us that was old, and we're going to get um, the big most disappointment. Category out of the way, so we can just go straight into the so kind of cool things. Yes. Uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta knock this well, shit out. Well, I don't know. Once again, that's easy because I've had this up from mine since last time we got together to record. Um, gotta be important to Other M. I was, for some reason, very hopeful for this game. Yeah, it, it sucks. It's uh, the only game that's ever made me write a letter to Nintendo telling them their game sucks and telling them why it sucks. 
they ever get a response? I got. I did get a response. It was kind of half form letter, half like slightly tailored to look like it addressed what I actually said. So I guess they have someone who looks at the email before they send it to the recycle bin. But uh, I really don't. I don't know. I was angry. It was something I had to do. If I'm very, very lucky, maybe it went to the people who actually made the game and are like, what the hell is this English? I don't speak English. I'm Japanese. But uh, who knows? Well, it's a real shame because it's by the original, you know, the closest thing we have to original Kratos from Metroid anymore. Yes. Yeah, with Team Ninja who makes good action games. Well, well that's why I was disappointed. I'll give the game. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll give the game two things. One, I actually like the play control, although I don't know that I know that not everyone did. And two, it's the best looking game I've seen on Wii. But what got the story is crap. <laughs> or it could actually be considered a brilliantly written story with a really horrible message about very needy, codependent, mutually abusive relationships. Uh, but yeah, it was crap. <laughs> uh, definitely the Forced Unleashed 2 for me. Um, I, and this is a weird one for me because I loved the game. All the gameplay changes to Forced Unleashed 2 are great. They're all wonderful. But the Forced Unleashed was the best Star Wars story told probably since the Clone Wars or cartoons by, um... The good one. Like well yeah the cartoons the, by um, the cell anime the, the well, yeah the, the uh, Genny Tarkovsky the two D Genny Tarkovsky yeah the CG crap and um, it was really great story um, and so I you know you I buy well I didn't buy the sequel but I played the sequel and I'm sitting here thinking oh you know hell yeah you know we're gonna get smart and forced unleashed too is the most unnecessary unneeded side story ish. Yeah. Is it terribly spoilerific to explain how there even is a sequel? Because I thought I was dead. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, and and that sucked that they they did that. I really hated that. Um, just just all in all, it's one of those things where it was worth sort of worth playing through because the game is so much fun. But man, alive, does it, you ugh, just that that crappy story and the three minute Dagobah level and and you know, ugh, it's just, and just terrible. And further spoiler, you don't get to find out. Kevin, they don't ask that question. <laughs> they don't even explain it, then. <laughs> they sort of kind of do. They imply, like, three different things, and then they kind of leave it up to you to decide mm. which of them. And it's oh, it's also very obviously half a game. I will put this out, too. Like, it is very, very obviously one half of a game. It looks exactly to me like like they were like, well, we thought it was a new story, and it might be decent, and here's the new story. And someone looked at it and said, that's enough for two games. Cut it here. And it's just super obviously, to me, an unfinished game. Um, there's only three levels that are real levels. I guess there's technically four with Dagobah. But it's Ugh. like, you spend and you spend your entire game and like... And, and all the... I don't know. Some of this stuff is neat because what, and what it does deliver on is, is absurdity. And that's what The Force Unleashed does best, is super awesome Force absurdity. Like the Clone Wars cartoons. But man, alive. Just... I expected so much better writing from the people who brought us uh, Force Unleashed 1. Yeah, I really like Force Unleashed, though. I'm kind of glad I didn't break down and buy Force Unleashed 2 now, but uh, maybe I'll get it when it's really cheap. <laughs> Fastest 60 bucks I ever spent for Barry. Well, it's it's the... it's Yeah, and it, that's the thing, too. Is it, he, he, I, I, I watched one of my friends play it, um, who played it decently completionist, and I think he got eight hours out of it. Maybe. Like and he was looking for stuff and poking around and he wasn't just like flying through it. I really bet you could speed this run this game in like four minutes, uh, four hours. 
like four or five hours. That's really disappointing. It's really disappointing. Yeah. It's obviously half. I mean, Force Unleashed one wasn't a long game, but it, it, like, no. it's very but, obviously half a Force Unleashed game. But it it was a decent length for an action it's like twelve, yeah, twelve sixteen hack hours, and something like that. Yeah. And, and exactly, it, and this is about half that. This is literally, you know. Yeah. I, I thought the original one seemed about the right length for what it was. Oh yeah, for what it was. It had a great story. It had a story that provided depth to the the uh, uh, Star Wars saga, which this one does not. Just oh, well, oh, well, well. I guess you know how many good Star Wars properties can we get? <laughs> well, apparently, yeah, in that. the last twenty years, two. <laughs> yeah. If you don't count some of the books. I mean, you know, it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a dice roll these days. <laughs> So next up, speaking of bad you don't asses, have a, you don't have a game. Oh right! What's your disappointment? Oh god, Mr. Disappointment! Oh, I got a three that I keep banging around. You gotta pick one. You know, Golden's, you know, Golden Sun's battle system was just way too weak. I just could not continue to play that game because I just got tired of going through random battles that had no point. Um, or I could go with um, Sands of Destruction. Whose combat system is broken. Yeah, ranging from either you walk all over your enemies to you die almost instantly. Uh, like, that was absolutely terrible. And that's actually Lee's big one. He wanted. Um, for sake of on. Lee, we must mention that Tanzo Destruction's combat system is so broken, yes. Like, it's where you can choose high attack, low attack, and mid attack. Yeah. And, like, some enemies might be better, weak against one or strong against other. Now, the trick is, is what they do is that eventually you can link attacks together and power up these attacks. What happens is you press a button and the next thing you know you unleash like a 20 hit combo. And then the enemy's dead. Because yeah. you just did a 20 hit combo. And what happens with boss battles is now the bosses can do 20 hit combos on you. And so you die. Yeah. Like it is broken. The story's stupid. Fights are ridiculously one-sided. Uh, you just they're never really sure which side it's going to be on. Uh. And then there's Final Fantasy Thirteen, where the combat system's the only good thing about it. And I think that's actually my basis point was Final Fantasy fucking Thirteen. It was pretty. It was pretty fucking terrible. Like I'm sorry, this some of the characters were okay. Some of the characters I disliked intently, but dealt with. Saws was good. I'll, oh, give, yeah. Saw, I'll give you Saws and Thug Cloud. I, I mean Lightning. I like Lightning. I'll okay. give you Lightning and Saws. Fang was pretty cool. I really liked Fang out of the cast, but yeah. Hope and Vanille eventually grew on me, but it took a long time. It took me a really long time with Hope. I kind of like Vanille to begin with. And Snow, I see what their point was to sort of, you know, almost parody the hero going like, huh, huh, I'm the hero, because I'm the hero, everything's going to be okay, and it constantly, you know, falls on top of them, how it, that doesn't work. He kind of struck me as the poor man's Yuri Lowell, but without any of the coolness to back it up. Ironically like, voiced by the guy who voiced Yuri Lowell. Like, it really uh, felt like he was supposed to be the traditional hero, or don't worry, I'm just going to hero this thing out because I'm the hero, and it's going to work out in the end. It would never work out for him. Yeah. But unfortunately, he was still freaking annoying, and yeah. so it so no one liked I him. I never used him if I So yeah. it just didn't work out. If I had a choice, I didn't use The story made no goddamn sense at all. Like, I even read through all the data logs, whatever they called their thing, that, you know, that was, A, better written than the actual game's narrative, that still didn't make any sense. 
No, you know, it just, you know, they moved, it literally was, you know, when they create all their stupid levels that had no actual connection to one another, they just sort of strung it along to all these different locales, and sure, they were all beautiful, you know, for a one-track lane. Yeah. It's the most beautiful alleyway I've ever played a video game. Yeah, my only real, I basically liked it, it's not going to make my top ten, not going to be my favorite, but my main complaint is everything was a straight line. Like, and it just, you know, and now we're going to get the sequel. They just announced it today when we're recording. What if it would be like 13 and just be like Well, they did say, I recall, that they said, well, gameplay suffered because we spent so much time on the engine. So maybe now they'll just spend time on the gameplay since they've already got the engine and everything? Well, see, I, we know they have all the levels already made because it took them so long to bungle through getting their engine ready that they just let the artists just keep making art assets for levels. And they made, you know, two games worth of levels out of it. I guess they're going to use that extra game's worth of levels. So I, I'm, I'm a feeling that right now they're going to reuse that engine, reuse those level that leftover art assets they have left over they spent money on in order to try to make back some cash. I'm calling it now. It'll be ironically so open-ended, no one will be able to figure out what you're supposed to do. Like, I hope <laughs> it's Grand Pulse the game. <laughs> like, now, Lightning's freaking, like, you know... Metal thigh nylons. And her plate armor looks dumb. I know some people are like, oh, those look awesome. Well, you're wrong. It looks dumb. We'll see, but I have absolutely no hopes for 13 2, and I'm sure I'll buy it. (laughs) That's the most disappointing thing of all. The problem with my disappointment thing of 11 is that I bought it and I knew I shouldn't have. (laughs) Well, there you go. So, and now that we're out of the shameful portion of this, let's uh, let's hop right in. Biggest badass. Oh, that's easy. That's Bayonetta. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Bayonetta's the most badass character I've ever seen in a video game. Oh, fuck that She's shit. She's pretty badass. Fuck that shit. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. What? Let's hear you. Let's hear it. Let's hear your explanation. Let's hear how Gun heals the titty monster. Like is no is no the, no. Like, it is Gun no. Hills, the ass monster. Fine, Thank Gun you. Hills, the ass monster. Like like uh, is the most badass character from 2010. Let's hear it. Let's go go on the spot. Uh, she just have you played the? Have don't you played say the game, she Eric? just is. I played some of it. Have you played the game? Some of it. Okay. Uh, uh, don't <laughs> say she just is. You have to explain. I want specifics. Is a little bit spoilerific, but she... Who fucking cares? She basically punches God into the sun. <laughs> that's just... That's there's badass. A, that's too bad. That's, there's, a, there's badass and there's absurd. The game is, the game is absurd. Yeah, the game is and totally absurd. And that's its charm. It is so over-the-top, crazy, and I, I swear, she is... Bayonetta is the first sexually intimidating female main character in a game. I, just, period. That's... Now, the scene where I, I watched, you know, the opening, you know, bits where suddenly she was killing, you know, zombies left and right while Fly Me to the Moon was playing in the background yeah. in a J-poppy, you know, jazzy arrangement. Bayonetta made me love Fly Me to the Moon again, and Ava made me hate it. So that is a bit of a... It was a... That was an awesome game, and she was uh, an awesome You character. guys are so fucking wrong. Commander fucking Shepard, baby. <laughs> Commander fucking Shepard. 
I float outside, rupture all my organs, hit the fucking planet. <laughs> and you know what? I'm gonna live again. That scene where, like, he's like, oh, I was in deep space. Oh, thank God for a du duplicate uh, nervous system. Humans don't have that. Oh, must have fucking sucked then. <laughs> that says it all right there. When a Krogan admits that was probably painful and sucked, you know you're a badass. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yet another badass female main character. You're right, yep. Commander Shepard. He's not a female main character. He's a male main character. Well, at least you picked a badass female main character, Eric. Oh, no, fuck you guys. <laughs> Look, you mind him. Who is yours, Basil? You move on. You move, I'm not getting into this argument. You move on. Mine's not the canonical ca uh, Commander Shepard. Mine's the correct Captain Shepard. So you're, you picked Captain Shepard, too? No, actually, mine is Yuri from um, Infinite Space. That's also a good one. Who... Might as well be the equivalent thereof. This is a kid who, you know, he's like 14 or 15 when he starts on his adventures of being a space pirate. But we're not talking like One Piece level space pirate here. He actually, you know, embarks on space piracy. Yeah. I mean, he is, you know, more or less an adventuring, you know, dude who more or less does more good than bad. But he totally makes no bones about that he's a pirate. Well, yeah, when you're committing piracy, it's usually upon evil uh, regimes and uh, basically nasty people or other pirates. But I'm sure there's some nice people you just completely slaughtered. For but there is a scene, and this is when he's like 15, and he's interrogating this dude. And he goes, all right, I need to know this information, and you're going to tell me. And if you don't tell me, I'm going to cut off one of your arms. And the guy's like, you're 15. You're not going to cuff one of my arms. And then you get a shot to him with his sword going, oh, no. And then you hear the guy going, oh, God, oh, God, you're cutting off my arm. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God, you've cut off my arm. He's like, yeah. Now you're going to tell me what I want to know, or I'm going to cut off your other arm. And then the guy That's finally That's my whacking hand. You can't do that. <laughs> Who'll stop my beanpole? And just many times where he would just go and he would, the stuff that he would do is stuff that I would rarely ever see in a video game, American or Japanese. Yeah, I mean, the I, guy I'm just surprised that game was only rated T. It got kind of graphic sometime. I don't think the Raiders actually played it through. <laughs> well, the trick is that they made a real big point that you never saw anything, you know, actually on the still images they would show because it sort of presents itself a lot like a visual novel that all the graphicness was always in the words, in the descriptions of things. It was never in the actual pictures, nine times out of ten. And the pictures were never that graphic. Yeah. But if you have an active imagination like the readers we are, it was a kind of, you know, graphic. <laughs> well, I, definitely Yuri was my definitely biggest badass. I'll give you a good call. But now, best female, obviously, was Commander Shepard. No. <laughs> hmm. Well, now I'll tell you an actual, then, you know, correct, female character. So I'll, I'll give it up to Kevin. So why is... So is this our next category, best yeah. female? Best female. Well, Commander Shepard from Mass <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. I That's actually... Um, no, I'm going to be a little different because I already said Bayonetta. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Ixor 1, Super Robot Wars L. Import only. But, you know, I bought that game for the fact that it had Ixor 1 in it. That's Okay, I would have bought it anyways. But that's what I went, oh, God, I must have this. I must tell Lee, because he must have this if he knows this. And he did. Uh, so what makes Ixor 1 badass in the video game? 
Well, um, be, oh, she's just about unhittable. But, uh, <laughs> okay, it's not true. There's a degradation of dodging, so eventually... So you, you admit you try to hit women. No, no, I, actually the enemies try to hit, uh, because she's totally on my side. Um, <laughs> because she's a alien space elf robot who fights for truth, justice, and lesbianism, uh, and has a giant robot. And she kicks giant robots' asses without the giant robot. The giant robot just kicks their ass faster. Uh, I don't know. Uh, watch the anime extra one, because you're pretty much seeing the same character, and you'll know why I think she's the best female character <laughs> in a, for a video game. It's more just I love Vixer one and like to pimp it whenever possible. Uh, and I have a video game excuse to do so. Let's see. Uh, well, Miranda had the most personality of any game. No. Um, derp -a derp. Uh, wow. It's hard to say. Um, I haven't played it, and I'll be honest, I haven't played a ton of video games with female leads, or even female oh. uh, uh, side, you know, characters. side characters. I have not played a ton of video games this year. Um, let's see. My favorite female character, honestly, was Yum and Sex Bunny from... Uh, <laughs> uh, she Mass has Effect a name, too. and I can't remember it, but Chambers. Uh, Chambers, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Kim Chambers. No, um, but, uh, no, that was one of my uh, uh, favorite characters. I just liked the idea of a character that performed the tasks that a computer would normally perform because her normal skill set wasn't required all the time. It's like, you're the ship's counselor, yeah. Uh, why are you doing clerical work? Well... Well, they already paid me to be a counselor, but there's not any counseling to do all the time. So I guess well, I stand here and do you perform your computer's task. Well, I, she was the yeoman. I mean, that's a real military naval position. No, they actually it's, they actually ask her in the. You can ask her in the game. Yeah. You can say, "Why are you doing stuff that a computer should do?" And her response is, "Is that the company paid her to be a counselor, but you don't always need counseling, so these are her." everyday tasks. Like, I know it's an actual... I mean, I kind of like you got a yeoman. I mean, the captain needs but, someone to tell them if they've got phone messages. But, uh... uh but <laughs> okay, yes, a computer can do that. That, but, that uh, was, that was literally that Commander Shepard has a conversation if you follow the trees. Yeah, I, I actually liked that she would tell me I had messages. I don't know why. It was a human touch. <laughs> but I really liked the character. She was really cool. Um, I know we always joke and call her yeoman sex pony, but I really like that idea. Um, man... Uh, other than that, I don't know, um, Jack, actually, also from Mass Effect, was a great character. Um, so, maybe she wasn't a man. I mean, a woman. Anyway. Well, she, she was, was something. She was something. She was a pretty female, uh, yeah. but, uh, not especially feminine. Uh, but, uh... What about you, Basil? Uh, I'm going to go with Claudia Arturo da Firenze. Who the hell is that? Um, uh, Ezio... The main character sister in Assassin's Creed 2. Um... Also, the main character says her Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, yeah. which came out this year. Oh, yeah, true. And this year, she got to graduate herself into being a badass. Oh, that's good. As there is a scene later on as he comes in, and he's, um, she runs the brothels in Rome. So I'm mean, bringing some, some good old uh, Latin Roma into your into life here, Kevin. And, I mean, and Eric. I'm, Lingua Latina. Yeah, yeah, I'm bringing some culture to you. <laughs> Lingui Lantini. Uh, <laughs> God, <never Basil. laughs> Anyways. I the one. sound you hear is me beating Basil's head against the desk. <laughs> we certainly wish it would be. Anyways, there's a scene where he goes in, he's like, he hears her shit going down at the brothel. Fuck that. And he walks in, and all the guys are dead. 
and his sister's got a sword in her hand that's dripping with blood. She looks at him and goes, what? I took care of it. And he's like, oh, you know how to wield a sword. She's like, yeah. Yeah, I kind of do. And then later on, she gets, spoiler, gets abducted into the Assassin's, you know, Brotherhood. That's kind of cool. And that, that was, I was like, oh, well, she sort of came a badass when I wasn't paying attention. Well, I'm glad she was doing something instead of Aww. looking at the accounting books the whole Little time. Little sis is all grown up and killing people, just like her brother. How it's sweet. true. It's, 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 well, it's, it's bad people. people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot of bad people to kill in a in Brotherhood. I'm, I'm sure bad. there are. Uh, so best male okay that's hard <laughs> I don't know I will not cheat and just go well I'm just going to go with Ezio but no um, if only Commander Shepard was a man <laughs> if only you know if only, if only Commander Shepard was a male <laughs> so who's your badass male <laughs> since you didn't have much way of females to pick from Fuck you guys so much. <laughs> Didn't we already do badass uh, male? Oh, best no, the no, best male. Oh, best, best male. male. They don't have to be a badass. Uh, my favorite... Uh, God, I'm picking everyone from Mass Effect. My favorite was uh, uh, Thane, probably. Not like, Morden? Uh, no. Morden! Actually, you're right. Morden, fuck Thane. Thane was pretty good. I forgot Morden. I was still thinking badass for some reason. Damn it. Uh, no, I can't take Morden. Like, uh, I am the very modern of a modern major general. I love it. Like... Yeah, Morton was really good. Morton was really great. And a total bro. Yeah, he's a total bro too. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter which gender you you yeah. picked your commander. He's totally Morton a bro. Was a total bro. Well, being in it from an asexual race, he could be a bro to either gender. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I had some chafing. <laughs> totally. Very bad. Very bad. Wouldn't want it. But killed. Oh well. <laughs> I love the way he talked. That was a great character. Oh man. Morton, you are one of the characters that make it possible for me to replay Mass Effect 2. <laughs> now on PlayStation 3. Came out today. Yeah, on PS3. Yeah, we did. You may not own a PS3, Eric said, why are you thinking about it? I'm not thinking about it. I'm narrowing my eyes at you because I don't own a PS3. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I refrain from buying it today. You already own I it. I, I kind of want to see it on PS3. Oh. I'm not I'm buying all, it, new. I'm all broke. I'm going to rebuy a game I already own because it's on PS3. Well, I didn't. I'm thinking about when it gets cheap, though. Uh, <laughs> Man, Kevin, you'll hit anything when it gets cheap. Oh, swing. That's how I got married the first time. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Snoochie boochies. Okay. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, good. Good show, old man. Good show. <laughs> that was horrible. But, uh... And uncharacteristic, but hey, if we can say other things on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Pussy farts. Exactly. Well. I'm trying to kill time because I got nothing so I, I far. guess I'm going to uh, go with Grunt. Yes, I Mass Effect has all the best characters I, I from 2010. Because I can't go with Rex. Because Rex was a Mass Effect 1, you played with Grunt True. too. I don't know, I, I kind of felt Grunt was kind of a poor man's Rex. Well, I like the idea of, of the whole super soldier thing, but with a Krogan instead. Yeah. Just because Krogans weren't enough of a super soldier by themselves, <laughs> though he had to genetically engineer a more badass Krogan. Yeah. Jeez, I don't even... Okay, um... Like, I thought that was... That was a really neat idea. I mean, it totally, uh... 
You know, I'm going to totally cheat and go with Thane then, since that's like, you know, I, I just don't got a really good answer, but since we're going Mass Effect, let's like complete... No, no, Garrus. Garrus. I like Garrus. I like Garrus better than Thane. Call me a heathen sacrilege, but I liked Garrus. Alright, so you picked Batman instead of my, Snake. My problem with Garrus is that he had a really great storyline in Mass Effect 1 where he was this like... Like, you know, we're going to do this. I'm going to be a desperado cop, right, and everything. And if you played through the Paragon Pack and you talk to him, you talk him down from that. And at the beginning of Mass Effect 2, it's like, I forgot everything you taught me. I'm gunning people down well, in cold it is blood. a fancy thought Shepard was dead and it had been a few years. It but. Well, but, but at the same time, if you have a life-changing, you know, at the end of the Mass Effect 2, one, he's all like, you know, you've shown me the true way. I'm really glad, blah, blah, blah. And the guy dies in a year. It had been a year. It's like, no, five years. Is it five years? I think it's five. No, it's, it's, it's either a year or five years. There's more than a year. Uh, I think it was like two or three years. Was it two or three years? Oh, three years. Time three passed. Years. Three uh, years. Okay. And it's been the, a few years. The point is, is that it had not been long enough for amazing life lessons to have faded. <laughs> I don't know, we gotta come up with something uh, that's that's not from. Uh... I don't know. I liked, you know, he shoots, he shoots. He's like, you shot me. He's like, I didn't hit you anywhere vital. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> like, I might have put him on badass duty. I, I I like now. Of course, sometimes you know, with my character picking sniper rifles, that optional weapon upgrade, and getting Garrus and Thane in my party, it was team headshot time, and that. You, you could clean some shit up. No, uh, it was uh, <laughs> Morton and Grunt for me. Team, wah, die! <laughs> like, I, it was Team Berserker. No, I, I had Team Morton and Grunt where I was the sniper in the back and then Grunt killed everything else and then Morton was there for being Morton. <laughs> yeah, Morton got included in the party. I would include Morton and Miranda if I wanted to look at an ass. And like... I, it kind of depended on what I was playing as Shepard, but... You know, I didn't really settle into one group of characters. I tended to swap them out a good bit. I never swapped Morden out. Morden was in my party the entire time Morden was allowed. I, I Probably if I had anybody in more than others, it was probably Tally. But, you know. We'll get to that later. <laughs> and what's next? Um. Well, next we're going to take a small break. And then we'll come back with even more stuff to talk about. A small break for our listeners. It's almost the end of the show. Really, it's more like about halfway. Half hour. It's almost the halfway of the point of the show. Here I'm singing a country western tune. Dancing to hell with romance and she's sweating, wet. Gotta go 
talking about video games and other things like video games yes yes moment of awesome and this case what a moment of awesome means is there was a moment in the uh, one playing a video game or whatnot where you're like oh shit this just got real or holy crap that was awesome Mm. Mm. i'll kick this one off with uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. One of the things about Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is that you get to train up your own assassins. And you rescue them, and you induct them into the Order, and eventually they, they become real assassins, and they take their leap of faith. But one of the things you can do when you run around in Brotherhood is you can select enemy targets and have your assassins kill them. And that's awesome. <laughs> that deal where I just hold up, the car- Ezio holds up his arm, moves his hand to a fist, Next thing I know, an assassin comes out of the woodwork and then kills a dude and then poofs and is gone. And you actually see them run around. And there are times where you'll set them on to chase some guy who's running away. And I went to you to do something else in the city. And then I look I look around, I notice they're still chasing him. <laughs> that like they're they're not letting go until that guy dies. Which means both those NPCs have been running around this town for the past ten minutes while I was doing something else. Still interacting with the world, and that was awesome. And then eventually, when you tramp enough guys, you can do what's called a rain of arrows, which is just an AOE attack which kills everything instantly. And there's nothing quite like you walk into a room that's filled with people, I press a button, they're all dead. Oh, I guess my objective's complete. They're all dead. Mm. <laughs> One of those was the target. <laughs> uh, mine would definitely have to be from Mod Nation Racer. When we were playing online a level called Tank Crazy, and we're going, we're talking to each other, we're like, why is this called Tank Crazy? I can't really figure, holy shit, we're driving on a giant tank! And someone had built a level that you drive (laughs) on top of it and through the barrel and do this jump through it. It's like, and it was like, oh my god. I just didn't realize how powerful the the, uh, Mod Nation Racer um, track builder was until, until that moment. Yeah. Like, until the moment I realized I was racing on a giant tank. Because <laughs> for so much of the game, no one ever used it like that. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, And it's a hard system to learn. Like, it, it's very complex and very uh, intricate, and it makes it almost prohibitive. Sometimes you've got to sit down with it. And this guy who's designed a couple of our favorite levels very obviously sat down and learned the shit out of it. And uh, so that would be my biggest moment of awesome was all year was just pulling up and it being like, oh my god. Look at her butt. It's just so big and round. She's like one of those rap guys. Girl, I'm sorry. Uh, Uh, That brings it around to a bayonetta again. (laughs) (laughs) I like big bucks that I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. When a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you you get get sprung. (laughs) That's uh, my mom awesome with bayonetta. Suck, brother. (laughs) (laughs) When I realized Uh, they built a character not around tits, but around ass. It was the most amazing thing. person, they had a character modeler who worked nothing but on her ass, and he was proud of it. Yes. You know, actually, the, the creator of the game, who is, I can't think of his name, but he is, like, one of the main people behind, like, uh, Devil May Cry and original Resident Evil, he's actually 
Uh, very upset with the hentai that has come out based around Bayonetta. Not that it exists, but because she's typically submissive in them and she thinks it should totally be the other way around. He was very upset with you hentai artists. But what's your moment of awesome from it? Like, what in Bayonetta did you go, oh my god? Well, when you press the start button and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's uh, kind of late in the game where um, uh, she basically starts riding on a missile and suddenly you're playing arcade afterburner except you're on a missile and it's playing a remix of the afterburner theme and it's very much a uh, sega in reference they also did something in the motorcycle chase scene i just didn't know which game that was referencing uh <laughs> that shit is really awesome wow i didn't realize they did an afterburner thing and it was like hey this is cool i hope i'm not messing up the game because i'm putting it off the top of my head and it was a sega genesis game i had played uh, but it was either that or another space, like a space shooter, but I want to say Afterburner. I think it was Afterburner. Like, the only thing I can propose, and I just have to mention is because it was so awesome, was the first um, opening section of Mass Effect 2. Yeah, with where, the... Uh, where the Normandy is getting it F, shit wrecked. And, and the, I like the little, you know, you walk out into the no atmosphere. They're like... To be honestly, I don't think there's another scene in the game that really compares to that. Yeah, like, looking up and just going, oh my god. God, it's full of stars. They kind of shot their wad early in the game. Like it's that, good thing was, the rest of the game is damn solid. <laughs> like that was just beautiful. Like there are very few moments in video games that make me sit down and go, "That is amazingly beautiful." But when you step out into the no atmosphere and you can just slowly look up and you see the planet and all the scars out and like it just, it was amazing. I actually have to say, um, as a secondary, mate, not so much moment. Well, moment of pretty. Um, I, I will have to one for Final Fantasy thirteen because honestly, it's like the dreariest looking level before this, and then you basically get out into the real world, and it's the closest thing to an open roaming part of the game, and there's all these creatures roaming about, including like giant-ass turtles in this lovely forested variety terrain. That was really pretty. That was kind of breathtaking. And then you realize you can actually run around this area, and yeah. it's not just a straight line. That was a moment of awesome where I was like, I get to play in a game now. 20 hours in. You've completed the tutorial, Basil. You're halfway through the game. Achievement unlocked. 30 hours into Final Fantasy thirteen. But the moment that you were done with that, they throw you into this motorcycle cutscene thing, which I think I actually mentioned in our um, worst animes yeah. of the 2000s already, so I won't go back into it. But I, I have to say I, I liked it for some of the same, mostly for seeing the summons tearing shit up. and that. But in terms of a solid narrative, it sucked. Now, I will say that the one thing that Final Fantasy XIII still has me captured on to this day, and I bring this up because our next um, thing is best music, Final Fantasy XIII had my favorite music out of any video game Did Eric of last year. Awesome? Oh, wait. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah Nation Racers. Nation Racers. Oh, I went last. Okay. No, well, when a uh, composer... Darn it, I had had this up just a second ago. Dude who what composed... He was a dude. He composed shit. Masashi Hamazu. Um, he did uh, an amazing job. It was his first time. And then as soon as he finished up his composing, he totally left Square and formed his own thing. Yeah. So I hope he's continuing on to make awesome music because if you do anything without else of Final Fantasy thirteen, you download that soundtrack. It's awesome. Yeah. Ooh. Brutal Legend wasn't this year, was it? Nope, last year. Damn, that's what was a good soundtrack. Um, it was a good soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm actually having a hard time uh, 
thought you were to give a moment. The Mass Effect. No, best music. Oh, we're doing best music we're now. Best music. Yeah, I've got a hard time with the music actually. Um, there's some other ones like yeah, Mass Effect Two. Jack Wall did a lot of good tracks. Yeah, I don't particularly care um, about Mass Effect Two. Jasper like Jasper Kid did a lot of stuff with Zesky the Tron game. The Tron game that came out. Uh, Is that any good? Like the game? game? No. The, 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 the soundtrack's game. Daft Punk, so it's bad. Okay, so it's a Daft, Daft Punk so, game, so it's a Daft Punk game soundtrack. Yeah. Which I guess that's a, that, I can't tell that could be bad. Yeah. Uh, point of view. Scott Pilgrim versus the World had a had Adam Monaguchi did a really good shot job. For soundtrack that I actually noticed, I'm gonna have to go with Super Hot Wars L just because it's got so many. Mecha show theme songs. I mean, it's not the whole thing. It's kind of a, in fact, it's a DS quality. There's no lyrics, but you know, I I was actually listening for the music, and in fact, I like the uh, line barrels of iron and uh, Dan Cougar Nova themes much better without lyrics, which is kind of interesting. I discovered I thought they made really good battle music, or I don't really like either of those shows theme songs in the actual real versions, but. Uh, it, that was good music, um, because anime openings are good, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and now we get into the part where we dress up a category so we can talk about Settlers of Catan. Best board game we started playing last year. Settlers of Catan! <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't oh believe gosh, it won! Oh my gosh, I can't believe it won! Settlers of Catan is really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I, I have totally no badass. Thank you, Sarah, for introducing <laughs> us. Um, uh, it's a total blast. Um, I got to watch a bunch of hot girls play it at 2H today. It was pretty badass. Um, uh, but for those who don't know what this game is, what is it, Eric? Uh, Settlers of Catan is basically a real-time strategy board game, but remove the battle system since it's a board game and make it about resource collection and building. It basically takes the meat of the RTS system the resource collection and building and uh, placement and stuff like that, and strips it of its actions per minute slash uh, combat perspective and makes it a um, uh, just entirely about building up your resources and correctly deciding where to put things and how to build things and how to run with the rolls of the dice. And uh, I mean, you could go into details of the rules and everything, but that's the basic basic it. You have a board... Um, there are numbers on each piece of the board. Each um, number is, uh, represents a number that can possibly be rolled on um, two six-sided dice. Uh, whenever you roll, uh, you ro everyone rolls the dice at the start of their turn, and whatever number comes up, you collect resources from whatever spots come up. So sometimes you got to decide. It's like one of those things where if the board randomly comes up and like all the bricks are in shitty positions, or like one guy's got the only good brick, what do you do? And so you got to, you know... So it's, you know, it's almost Monopoly-like in that aspect where you have to sort of trade and, you know, and fend it's off some of, people. It's got some of the trading aspects and stuff like that from Monopoly in it. Like the, the, um, I, it's, it's pretty unique in that it's, um, very interactive while being very uninteractive at the same time. Because the core gameplay is uninteractive because it's all about building your own little empire, but it's at the same time because you have to interact with everyone to get your own little empire. Yeah, like you, it's very interactive. Some of those things where it's not, not risk where you can go in your own little corner and build. Like it's a very small playing field, as it were, for especially the amount of people you usually have playing. So you tend to bump up into each other pretty quickly on, even the first few turns of the game. It has a little bit of elemental randomness for the dice roll and everything, um, but that's that's good. You can actually remove that. There's a deck of cards that have the exact. 
like new like you know um I think what is it six and eight are the easiest two things to roll on a, on two six sided dice so they have the most combinations that could come up so like it those are the ones and uh, theoretically should come up more they they create pretty much the odds of what everything should be coming up and they made a deck out of yeah deck out of and they randomize that it, it, so. yeah so so that takes a lot of the randomization out I don't like it as much because it basically fucks you if you get a bad start of the game like if you make a bad decision at the very beginning of the game with the cards. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> Good luck. To just totally break with it, since I don't really play board games, I'm going to say that Mecha RPG Lee ran, because it was basically a board game in the combat, and it was awesome. It was pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> Not that you can go out and buy this, but I guess you can bug Lee for his rules. <laughs> like, uh, I had fun with that. That would uh, I'll give it that. It was very board game-like. It was. It was, it was entertaining. Um, kind of a hybrid of, uh, of uh, standard... I know he was kind of... It was sort of made to be Super Robot Wars, the board game. He made some. He made. He pared it down a bit so it actually makes sense as a board game, and it, it grew and evolved as we played. But it was fun. It, I don't know if he'll ever be would ever be able to market it or anything, but it was cool while it lasted. It also gave me one of my favorite RPG characters I've ever played. Uh, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Next up, indie, independent, or downloadable game. It's Super Meat Boy. <laughs> Done. Super fucking Meat Boy. I'm taking it before either of you can get to it. I did not play that. It is the best platformer to come out in a million billion years. And yes, it's going to show up again when I say best platformer. And and Super fucking Meat Boy. It's a blast. It is pure platforming. It's silly like Mario was silly when you were a kid. You remember playing Mario and just thinking, I'm a plumber hitting on turtles for a princess. This is crazy shit. You know, you don't get that with Mario anymore because... You're used, you're used to it. You've been doing it for you know twenty, thirty years. But with with uh, uh, Super Meat Boy, it's like I'm a thing of meat and I'm being attacked by it was like fetus man or something. I don't even fucking know. It's fucking crazy, you know. Did, did you see the the quote unquote Sega Genesis style commercial they did? No, I didn't see that. Like you know, it's like do jobs, eat math. I mean, it just like, and it was the, the whole washed out, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, sort of, you know, say it doesn't hit don't, sort of like edginess to it. It's, no, look no, it up no. on YouTube, and it is like, That's I think cool. it's Meat Boy 90s commercial, and it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a thing of beauty. Super Meat Boy is just, everyone should go buy it. Just go out there, run, go get it. Is If you like platforming at all, you will like Super Meat well, Boy. Well, that was actually one of um, Neil's picks. He sent me via Twitter. That in Minecraft. Like, and it's weird to say Minecraft because it's technically still in beta. Minecraft is the game, and this I'm stealing from Christopher. So Christopher, if you hear this, I'm stealing it from you. Uh, Minecraft is the game for addicted gamers that need something to do in between video games. <laughs> like, it, you, there's no real winning, there's no real losing, it's just a video game you can fuck with infinitely. And I think that, uh, I like Minecraft a lot, but it's not my, uh, indie game of the like, year. Like, Meat Boy, I guess that was one of those things where they, you know, when Peter did their Tofu Boy, and then the developers Meat Boy was like, okay... And they patched in Tofu Boy into Meat Boy, into Meat Boy. on the PC version and made a really crappy character. And sort of turned him into an unofficial heart, even harder mode. Because <laughs> if you can beat the game with Tofu Boy, you're hardcore. And, and Super Meat Boy is tough. It is a tough, tough game, but it's designed to be a tough, tough game. And the controls pull it off. If you lose in Super Meat Boy, my friend, it will be your problem. It is not the controls. It is not the level. You're never going to get any glitchy fuck-ups, right? 
Like, I have never, I've died many, 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 many times to Super Meat Boy. But never have I looked up in frustration and gone, fucking controls. Like, um, gosh, I, I now have two in my brain. Because at first I was going to go with um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's a really good one, too. Good Great, one, but, be a, best beat-em-up all year. But, no, what I had to go through, go for is uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. Like, That's a crazy fucking psychedelic trip. Like, oh my gosh, I had forgotten how much of a Pac-Man fan I was when I was a kid. I remember and that, because I remember when Pac-Man Versus came out, you were all excited, and we busted oh, out yeah, the GBI was, link like, cables. <laughs> I remember that you were all like, yeah! Like, Pac-Man! <laughs> right. Multiplayer Pac-Man! I remember that. And I, like, I sat down, <sighs> Pac-Man is the kind of game that I don't really want to play, but it's really awesome to sit there and watch you make all the pretty colors. Like, on the screen. Oh, it's a it's a game that came out and they decided, well, you know what, we can make an they did Pac Man Champ Edition, which I was really good. I didn't really have a chance to play it. Um I didn't jump on it then even though I really wanted to. I don't know why I didn't. But I made sure to jump on DX. And oh my god. I don't know if I've ever talked about it before, but it totally deserved talking about. What they do is they throw you on a Pac Man field. Um they use the first one's like Pac Man field. Although they do do various board, you know, shapes and sizes that you can mess with um, and, and play with. But the basic is, is that now there are a bunch of sleeping ghosts on the field. And what happens is, is that they, uh, the pellets don't just show up. They're now, they now get assigned randomly in different spots. And usually the pellets that you can eat, um, the little pellets, not the big power pellets, are always normally by or in the way of these sleeping ghosts. Why will you go by the ghosts? They wake up, they start following you. And the trick is that you can chain them up to like 30, 40, whatever amount of ghosts you can chain. And so first it sort of turns into sort of a snake thing. As you try to build a bigger and bigger and bigger chain, suddenly when you go going through all the loops and corridors, you can totally catch yourself within your own chain of ghosts behind you. But then when you get to a power pellet, Suddenly, they're all, you know, vulnerable, and you suddenly eat them all at once. And it, and it builds points like the um, like the Super Mario when you jumped on multiple yeah. heads. The more you eat, the higher your points. So you get these gigantic scores. And they do this thing where suddenly when you, when you, when you turn you turn around and suddenly get really, you know, violent and start slowing down. And you hear chomp, 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 And suddenly you just hear, like, this going... And as you're just mowing through all these yeah, things. And, and, and it's uh, one of the best feelings lights in the world. Lights and sound pop up. And, you know, and they also do other things where if you get too close to a ghost, like, it'll actually go into, like, slow down time. Like, it was, like, a max pain or something. And so it gives you a chance to actually swerve around them. And it's just a really, really awesome build of, you know, re re reimagining of Pac-Man. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Kevin? Uh, I'm going to go with Cthulhu Saves the World. Well, when you're actually going for the actual indie... indie. It is an actual... It's an Xbox Live indie title. Um, it's basically a Dragon Quest clone, like classic Dragon Quest. Um, well, maybe, like, not the first one, because you can actually have a party. But, um, you play as Cthulhu, who has been stripped of his powers, and only can re he can only regain them by becoming a true hero. So he sets out to save the world, so he may destroy it. Right. And it's often after, like, saving a village, he'll go, so, um, am I a hero yet? And the narrator will be like, no, not yet. Your evil deeds are still too heinous to be redeemed. <laughs> and it, it's got a lot of self it's got a lot of Lovecraftian referential humor. It's a basically funny game. 
I mean, your Cthulhu, and a chick who digs sea creatures, and a cat of Ulthar, and a talking sword, and an evil necromancer witch girl, and you're out to save the world, even though most half of you are psychopaths who would rather destroy the world. Oh, this sounds like, um, Frontier. <laughs> but it, it's cute. Um, you've... Most of the creatures are Lovecraftian themed, and you do have the power to drive your enemies, you can drive your enemies insane, which often, which it varies from enemy to enemy, but it often usually results in them taking more damage, but also doing more damage in attacks, so it's a bit of a trade-off, and some attacks only work, work better on insane enemies. Um, it does have an interesting combo chaining system, where you, you try to rack a bunch of hits, and then there are certain moves that are combo finishers, that do more damage if your combo gauge is built up higher, but, uh, and some abilities reduce, like a lot of the more powerful healing abilities will reduce it or negate it altogether, reset it to zero. But, uh, it's, it's a wacky little game. It, it actually has a little more depth to it than you might expect from an Xbox indie game. It lasts a little longer than I expected. Not that I have a high expectation for it, but, uh, it, it's a, it's not a good full-on RPG length, but it's, uh, longer than you expect from an uh, indie game. Uh, it's cool. And of course, all I mention goes to Costume Quest because Devilfine released a game that came out this year. Oh yeah, that was uh, would have been my that was yeah. You got always got to pop up, and they're they're adding updates to it for other holidays. Yeah, yeah they, they, like, they had a kind of a Christmas update. They had a that Christmas was update. It was that short was but sweet. I would talk more about it, but I own it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah. I haven't played it all. It's pretty easy. Well, once you get the hang of, I expect you to have a little certain button timing, right? Um, element. But, I'm uh, really looking forward to stacking. Which is their indie game based off the Russian dolls? Oh yeah, the Matryoshka. Where, where, where you stack in them, and mm -hmm. then you, as you stack into bigger, bigger dolls, you can do more things. Mm -hmm. um, next up, best game for the Android platform, because um, three of us on the Awesome Cast team, Mister DJ Inabuto, um, James, Eric, and myself, all have droids. Yeah, I. So I, we screw around with Android Marketplace. Games. Uh, can we pick something that's not Angry Birds? Because I think the answer is Angry Birds. <laughs> um, I can pick Game Dev Story. Game Dev Story is really good. Um, I, I have to say Angry Birds. God, it's fun. And it's free on the Android. Fuck you, iPhone users. <laughs> um, that freely updates, like, all the holiday shit, like, you get for free. Well, yeah, well, there's Angry Birds, and there's also Angry Birds Seasons. Well, Angry Birds Seasons is, is uh, you can patch, like, some of the levels into... Okay, and they and they keep patching Angry Birds. Like you know, originally I didn't have the fourth level that the Android, the iPhone users had. Right. And then you, I did an update, and I've got the fourth level now. Oh yeah, yeah. So like they're they're constantly adding stuff. And they're eventually going to do a version that you can actually pay for if you don't want ads. Yeah. Like which I think is awesome when you can get the ad version or the not ad version. But either way, it's the full. game. It's the full game. Um, I know that recently this is this one this year, um, but recently uh, Congregate, which does a bunch of Flash games, you can just download. Uh, or play on the thing. They're, they've now released 300 of them as a thing called Congregate Arcade. Where you download the Congregate Arcade app and then you just download the Congregate Arcade games from there. And they got a lot of really neat ones. So. Now, but the one I want to go with um, is Game Dev Story. It came out the very near tail end of this year, of 2010. It is sort of a Lemonade Stand style game where, except you are a Game developer? You're a game developer, and you <laughs> name your studios, and then you're given a choice. Um, you hire initial staff, and you're given a couple of different categories. Like your, All your games are two categories, something and something else. And based on the categories you pick, if they match together, the game 
and the skills of the people in question, the game does really well or really poorly. And as you go through the game, you make better and better games, or you contract work to level up your characters, and eventually you can go to, like, the game awards, their equivalent of E3. And you might win. And you might win. And then by the time you actually get enough to get, you know, good enough to win um, Game of the Year, is when they go, okay, well, now it's season, now this is over, now we do it again, but now you can do a new game plus. Yeah. It's like, damn it, now I have to do a new game plus. And you must find out if your ninja dating sim will sell. That's right. Oh, there's a ton of different categories. There's like, like 15 on, like, on each type or maybe more. And as you level up your guys, you get more categories. It's incredibly addictive. If I had a phone that let me play video games, I might play this. Now, we shall embark on the greatest journey of this past hour. Best racing game go. Oh, Modation Racer. That's easy. Bam. Modation Racer is the best racing game ever. I don't even think I've played a game with racing elements in it. Dude, I played as Mr. T driving the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle van on a giant racetrack shaped like a dinosaur. Beat that shit. You know, I'll probably go with Modern Nation Racers even though I didn't play it because it just sounds awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I have no interest in racing games and it actually has made me a couple times just hearing about it go, I might play that. And I hate racing games. I'm going to go for Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. You're just picking Need for Speed Hot Pursuit because I said Modern Nation Racers. Uh, If you had gone sir first, you just said Modern Nation Racers. Okay. For me, it's really weird. And that I actually think, as far as the actual racing mechanics go, Need for Speed is better. However, Modation Racers is a kart racer, and they're, they're almost two different things. It's like, even though they're both quote-unquote arcade racers, this is more like comparing like Mario to like Mario and Donkey Kong. You know, Mario versus Donkey Kong type things, where it's much more of a puzzly adventure than an actual, you know, straight-up platformer. Anyways... Yeah. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit is a really good, you know, car racer. We're racing cars, and it's very fast-paced, very burnout-y. It's for Criterion, so of course it's like burnout. Yeah, I, it's not a racing game I would consider playing. Like, no, well, it's, I mean, it doesn't have much to I understand. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And it should be recognized that it's pretty awesome, even if it's not many shorts. Mr. T in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle van on a dinosaur. That, that's kind of hard to top. That's kind of hard to top. Mazenkaiser Z in the Speed Racer car on a Colosseum, like a Roman Colosseum. No, it's true. I do yeah. have I do have Mazinger Z. All of the Power Rangers. And I think have at guy. Even the man. bulge on the <laughs> Yellow Rangers there. I have a Zaku. <laughs> I have a couple different Gundams. The Bulge is a dick. I know. The Yellow Ranger had a all dick. Alright, platforming, go. Uh, Super Meat Boy. Uh, for all the reasons I gushed about earlier. Super Are Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy. Uh, there's Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. There's Donkey Kong's Cur- really fun. Kirby Epic, uh, Kirby Epic Mickey. Um, Epic Mickey's not a platformer. Epic Mickey's this weird Kingdom Hearts like one hybrid, which is actually pretty fun. I agree with one of your coworkers Me- actually. Epic Mickey or, or Kirby? Epic Mickey. Okay. Epic Mickey is this weird, almost Kingdom Hearts like hybrid action adventure RPG platformer, and it's good except for some of the combat stuff because apparently you're never supposed to be evil forever ever. So, like that kind of sucks. Um, but uh, I did have a fun time with it. Um, it was Super Meat Boy by far and away. Like I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. 
I'm having a lot of fun with Kirby. Kirby's fun. No, don't get me wrong. Kirby's fucking a blast. Like that's not a. Like when I can, you know, when I when I go through level, the next thing I know, I'm Kirby Robo, or my (laughs) giant Kirby robot smashing things under my feet, Kirby feet, and blowing stuff up. I mean, it's there's just so much imagination packed into each individual level. On what you're doing in the game, that it, it is just you know just fun to see what's next. I'm. Did I play any platformers this year? I'm having a hard time with this actually. Um, we'll we'll go we'll go right on into adventure. I don't think I played a platformer this year. Not that you'd really call it mm, adventure game. Well, I think for me, um, oh gosh, for me actually it's weird because on one side there's heavy rain. Oh, Which, fuck, that game is an adventure game. A re- well, it was an adventure game in the classic point-and-click LucasArts style. Okay. You're playing through a story <laughs> adventure game. <laughs> but fine, I'm going to go with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Yes, okay, I can expect that choice. Uh, I'd like to say Assassin. I'd like to say Heavy Rain just to annoy Eric again. Um, <laughs> I have some actual serious issues with that game, although I basically enjoyed it. Um, it was definitely the most tense I've ever felt in playing a video game. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to bring myself to play it a second time. Alan Wake. The story pissed off, pissed me off at the end, but Alan Wake was good. Alan Wake, as long as we're, like, the problem with Alan Wake as an action adventure game is it gets boring after, like, the third level. It's, but um, until you read, until you get bored with burn, shoot, shoot, burn, yeah. shoot, shoot, I love the mechanics. It's a, it's get scary lost in the forest game, and it keeps trying to find new ways to make you be lost in the forest all over again. Yeah, and, um, and the problem, well, but like I said, if, it was fun. Just, if I'm just talking about the, my favorite action gameplay from 2010, it's Alan Wake. It had a good atmosphere. I, I the, I just loved the mechanic. I love the mechanic of burning light uh, things off yeah. with light. They just needed to explore. Like the problem with Alan Wake is it only has one mechanic, like and it's an awesome mechanic that we, holds it up for a long time. But it's just what one did mechanic. Say? An adventure game? Deadly premonitions. Oh yeah, deadly premonitions. Is that this year? Yes. I, I keep asking I, that. I, I'm almost positive it's this year because I got well, I got it for students for a birthday. Yeah. So it was like an early release. Yeah, I, like I, I really only got it on recommend like Lee saying it was so bad it was good. And uh, deadly premonition, it, it is so bad it's good. It's even some it's might better argue, than bad. It's good. Some might argue it's so bad it's awesome. It it's uh, it's only real. It's just kind of my only real complaint with it is graphics wise, it doesn't really live up to modern levels. It looks more like an old, like an early Xbox 360 game. But sometimes I wonder if that sort of helps it. Well, it was sort of the low budgetness yeah. of it. It just sort of, you know, adds to its charm. It likes to uh, cut to black and cut back in as opposed to show, show complicated animation. Uh, but, um, and it has gas mechanics in a game where you drive around in an open sandbox, uh, which is maybe not a good thing. But it it's Twin Peaks the game. I mean, that's what a lot of people call it. You're a police, you're an FBI agent who comes to a small town that's just suffered a gruesome murder and the longer you stay there the weirder the story gets it does start out kind of weird and quirky look at our weird small town people who are strange and weird and then like the last half of it it gets grim and dark and oh my god i can't believe they went there with the story kind of places and it it is disturbing at times uh which is weird because it is very kind of lighthearted and silly early on it is a complete mood shift in the second half. Yeah. But it was fun. And speaking of fun things, we're going to have a fun break. What are you doing? Scanning. 
Hey yo, BC, the turntable biotic. Hit him with the good stuff, God. Probe away. I'm, I'm, I'm Commander Shepard. Probe away, away, away. You wanna see if I've got, got them in moves? Probe away. I'm, I'm Commander Shepard. Shep, Shep. Probe away, away, away. Beep it, I'll break it down so you can absorb it. You okay. need to mine planets, minerals, and do it from orbit. Some yeah. good advice, and you're too much of a noob to make no it. You'll be stranded with no fuel if you foolishly floor it. I used to rock microphones, rhyming in the stadium. These days, I launch probes, mining for palladium. Yeah. Slouching at my console, crying from the tedium. I contemplate relations with the slimiest of aliens. A specter and a lion send seven special ops. Some things I scan are anomalous, but the rest are rocks. This shit is so boring, most men's souls would wither. Yo, but I ain't trying to get my tallies or a blown to smithers. No doubt, I get it in with the erythium. Rhythmically click and launch probe tunnel vision in the mind of resources with the lowliest of purpose as I drag the scanner reticle slowly on the surface. Some highfalutin strategy. Strategy. Or possibly Starcraft 2, baby. Starcraft fucking 2, and there ain't no doubt. Unless you were playing Super Mario Wars L. And then you were <laughs> like, oh, wait, I'm Kevin, and the only one in the country playing Super Robot Wars L. Hey, Lee totally playing this. <laughs> and so is Gerald, that. actually. He plays a lot of Robot Wars. Well, well, well Gerald can suck my dick. I guess it is I don't a complete care. different thing. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Starcraft 2, baby. Starcraft is an RTS, so, but, and of course... Those, Gerald, if you're listening, I was kidding. Well, course, maybe. All the Super Robot Wars titles are turn-based. And just to be honest, it is, it's me, so it's, you give me a turn-based strategy And game. I start beating off like a monkey in front of your aunt. <laughs> and then when you added giant robots, oh, oh shit. Oh shit, both that's, hands. That's like lubricant. <laughs> and L, <laughs> and Super Wars L, as I said earlier, put Ixer 1 in a Super Robot Wars game, and that is like my favorite anime that not enough people have ever seen. Uh, Starcraft, baby. But it doesn't have... Now, if StarCraft had Ixor 1 in it, I'd be all about StarCraft StarCraft does have Ixor 1 in it. StarCraft has everything. No, it doesn't. Someone actually could build Ixor 1 in the way. Yes, they can. Have you seen this this StarCraft? You probably could, actually. They've uh, created an MMO out of the goddamn StarCraft build engine. (laughs) That's kind of disturbing. But I'm going to go with Civilization 5. Fuck both of y'all. Fuck Civilization 5. I looked at that opening screen and thought that was awesome and Civ- turned it off because strategy games make my head hurt. Strategy, <laughs> literally. Because I don't know how to think. So, no, um, well, Civ 5 was pretty fun. I just really haven't super enjoyed a Civ since uh, Civ 3. Yeah. Me, Whatever the one yeah. with with Elvis as your, uh, as your um, with the little windows and there was Elvis, he would go, well, we need, uh, the people need to be, uh, more happy, Senator. Uh-huh. I don't remember that. From, well, I never was played Was it two America, or three? So, there was, uh, no, he was a, like, you get him, okay. he was, maybe it was two. Like, there's one where, I think, there's one of the Civ games, it's the last one I played, where all your advisors are in little windows. Ah. And they're, like, motion-captured people, and they talk, and. I didn't really like Civ 3, where I named my country Monkey Town, and I, the, the leadership position was the big banana. <laughs> and, That's uh, awesome. Like, yeah. Civ is one of those things I really, really want to try and get into, but I just, 
I guess I just don't have the several hours I really need to take in to just. You ever tried the at Civ boy, board game? Civilization is a, a real good set of board games. I have not. Yeah. Um, so my actual strategy game is probably going to go back to the same game dev, game dev story. Okay. Because it is a strategy game, just in a very small scale. But you can't Paris in game developer story. I can take that. I can make a game with you Paris in game dev story. I'll give you that. Um, now here comes the, the next set up. Um, action. Action! Although we did adventure. Action and adventure are essentially the same thing. You just want to say, John, more you want to say, Drake's you just want to say, come on, say it, go on, go on. Bayonetta? Is that what you're going to say? That's what Scott's going to say. Okay, what are you going to say? Bayonetta? <laughs> what are you going to say, Basil? <laughs> I was still thinking about mine. Well, I'm going to say Bayonetta. Like we you want to, you want to, what is, what is, uh. Maybe I'll say Mass Effect 2. What's that game you keep trying to get me to play? With the archaeo, with male Laura Croft. Uncharted? Uncharted. Uncharted came out the year two. before. Did Uncharted, Uncharted 2 came out the year before? Uncharted came out in 09. Okay. Was not 010. Okay, I thought, you had, mm-hmm. I thought you had specifically created this section to talk about Uncharted. And I was actually, like, no, I accidentally created this section so you could talk about Alan Wake. Oh, but I already talked about Alan Wake. Oh, I know. But so, <laughs> no, I well, the shooting and action mechanics. Um, anyways, um, action game. Bayonetta. Yeah. Bayonetta. Uh, Kevin really because I, I've actually gone back and played through it like three times total, I, and not all at once, but I've just gone back to it, and I've actually played it again. Um, it's very, especially with the variable difficulty, it ranges from, you can practically play this game one-handed, to, oh my god, oh my god, this is harder than Ninten- anything Nintendo's ever dreamed of. Mine would have to definitely be, what's that demo that we played? Vanquish. Vanquish, that I can never remember its name, but I will be day one you customer know, for Vanquish. You know, it's the same game developer. Yes, it, it really. Wow, yeah, yeah, I, I will. I will be day fucking one, and that looked like a the jetpack, right? And everything. Yeah, it's out. Well, it's, is it out? Yeah, I think it's been out. It's been out for a while. It's even had a price drop at this point. It's about yeah. thirty nine dollars. Go for it. When did that? The one we played the demo of yes. that was doing all that. Yes. I'll be right back, guys. What game? I, what's this one? Is it only PS3 or a 360? Yeah, I this might actually have been on my list had I actually really played it yet. I've been waiting for it to get a little cheaper. Well, I know, but uh, no, the action in Vanquish was really, really good. Uh, but yeah, it actually just, looks like it even appealed more to me as being like power suit and guns, and you occasionally do weird transformations. It's, I loved it. I loved the yeah. demo. I was like, oh my god, this is the demo was one of my favorite games of two thousand ten. Yeah. Remember, I played the shit out of that. Like, no, Platinum just done really. They also made Infinite Space. Yeah, which was I knew, really I knew that. Game. Like, and also since you know we mentioned Gerald earlier, Gerald also mentioned I asked you know people on Twitter. What, what were their favorite games? And Neil and Gerald were the heroes of this adventure. And Gerald wanted to point out Bayonetta, which was a released about a year ago today and almost everyone forgot about. Sad face. Best action game ever. I agree. Yeah, bullshit. I, it's the most... It reminded me it's, why I like the original Devil As May far Cry. as the whole I'm melee... the character to appeal to fanboys. No, that's it. Well, the character <laughs> is. But if you actually have played it... I mean, it's it's it is the epitome of the God of War, Devil May Cry style, relatively fast paced. I hate like that character. Well, I hate that character design. It's Kratos and get over Dante had design. sex, and Bayonetta is the. I result. just can't get over the character design. Like, I don't. know, She's actually fair. Okay, she's not realistically proportioned, but for someone with no proportions, she's realistically shaped. <sighs> Whatever. Moving moving hastily along. For some reason, people think her head looks small because of that, but she's actually proportioned realistically for someone with that. Uh, it, her head does like it's, like she is so long bodied. Is I actually found her originally creepy. Yeah, like I thought it was like I did not enjoy actually looking at her. 
Anyways, RPG of the year. Oh, Mass shit. Effect 2. You're done and that. done. Ugh. I'm... Definitely, and if, and if you're going to say, well, Mass Effect 2 is not an RPG because no, it is shoot RPG. stuff. Not you, not you. I'm so just, I'm, if the internet at large is going to say that. The shooting and guns, guns is an action RPG. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, exactly. game and then you bullshit. No, Mass Effect 2, definitely. I had so much fun with Mass Effect 2. You know, considering how many times I've played through it, I probably should actually say that. I've certainly played it more than any other RPG this year. Um... Is it my favorite? It's damn close if it's not. Um, whether Dragon Quest, maybe? Um, whether good RPGs have been out there this year? Like, for me, well, my top three favorite games this year are also my top three favorite RPGs. Mm-hmm. So, um, unless you're going to pick one, then I'm just going to go into my top three for both at, at once. And my favorite game by far is Dragon Quest Nine. That was like, a, that was my favorite video game. I've sunk over 100 hours into it. I was surprised on how well multiplayer actually works on that. Oh, wait. One sec. Real quick. Let's go back to Adventure and say Castlevania. Sorry. Go on. Okay. Or that would, even, I would also accept that, uh, that or action. Like, I just wanted... I forgot. I, had, I told myself must mention how cool you liked Castlevania. And I've just... The re- someone, kind of the remake? The, so, no, the one somewhere... the, the, the 3D, the, the, the Shadows. Like, yeah. Someone made a 3D Castlevania that actually worked. I just really wanted to praise them. Not the best game in the world, but the damn thing worked. And that's more than any 3D Castlevania can say before it, so... Hopefully, it's only a sign of better things to come. Okay, it's sorry. pretty much a Castlevania reimagining by way of Europe. But yeah, and it looks like Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, it's, it's really pretty. It's really pretty. It's really nice. I like it. Anyway, go on. Dragon Quest Nine. Anyways, Drag Quest Nine is oh my gosh. When I was growing up, I was a gigantic Final Fantasy fanboy. You I mean, Final Fantasy. Fanboy. I was up until Final Fantasy Seven, and then I started going. Eh, I don't know about this thing anymore. And I still defended it. But we're not talking about Final Fantasy, we're talking about Dragon Quest. And But now that I've gotten on up in years, I've really discovered that I really, really, really like Dragon Quest. Because one of the things that Final Fantasy does is they tend to do crazy leaps on how they handle things. Without any warning. You know, the gameplay and say How the game mechanics will be radically different from game to game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, 6 to 7, there was similarities with those differences, but then you go to look from 7 to 8 with the draw system. Yeah, so many people hate that. And uh, then you then you go into 9. Where it kind of went back old school all of a sudden. And then 10, suddenly they changed how the turns actually worked. I think 10 has the best the best system. In terms um, of then why don't you play more Lost Odyssey? Anyways. Um, I don't know. I, I like, like Lost Odyssey okay. But, but yeah, you didn't beat uh, it. No, I haven't. Like, you need to beat that. Anyways. Not Lost Odyssey, Dragon Quest. Um, but even things like 11 to 12 to 13 are huge leaps in different ideas on how to actually yeah. run an RPG. You, know, you go from turn-based to semi-real-time to whatever the hell you'd call 13. Um, Drag- more like coaching. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dragon Quest has always kept its baseline. It's always kept its roots. But because cause the base gameplay has stayed the same, it changes up everything else every time it makes a different game. Like, you know, in 4, suddenly you each, they had a bunch of different chapters where each chapter was a different character. And so how each you character played up. Yeah. was different. And then you made, made, meet up, met up. You know, in 5, where you played the course of a character's life from he was a kid to he was an adult, then had a family, then was, then had his, you know, then you ventured on with his wife and kids. 
you would never see something like that in a Final Fantasy. And That's so, a neat idea. Nine, you know, did everything where he wanted to make it sort of almost a Western RPG, and that you created your character and your party. And it wasn't a completely open world, but it was more open than we're used to. Way more open than 13 ever wanted to be. And you just explored the world. And there were little vignettes in each area, almost kind of like its own little mini quest hub. And yeah. there was an overarching you know, story to connect them all. And it was just really nice and interesting. And just because the class system was neat and how you'd unlock new classes and gain new abilities by going through quests... And, uh, um, and there was a good bit of post-game... It's like there's a good bit of post-game content as well. Um, like, even after you beat the main storyline, there's more stuff to do. And they and they maneuvered multiplayer in the game in, in two different ways. One, you could actually play with people as a multiplayer game, where if you were in the same area, you, yeah. would, you, would, you would fight in the same battles. I really can't say how surprised I am that that actually works, and it works well. well it's because Battle Quest moves quickly. Like, you're never having to wait too long before the next action takes place. One of the problems Final Fantasy's had is that they start doing crazy epic cutscenes for everything, including, like, some animations and even some magic spells. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Dragon Quest, boom, the action's done, it looked cool. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't think a turn-based RPG would lend itself well to multiplayer, but, but it the, does. The actual act of multiplayer gave me all the feeling I had when I was, like, questing and... and Doing, running stuff for people in WoW. I hate multiplayer. I hate multiplayer. Like, almost always. I hate multiplayer in any game. I hate a game that even makes me... That makes any emphasis on multiplayer. And I you, like this. And even the passive multiplayer where you put your DS in sleep mode and it commutes together players where you trade maps mm -hmm. that you do for posting content or as you, gain, as you add characters to your end, you get more extra additional stuff for your end. It was just a really, really well-built thing. Um, and then, like I said, Infinite Space, which was an awesome space-faring RPG. Yes, that was, that was like the, the other game I sunk over a hundred hours into. Yeah, that was um, that was way different from any other game on the market. Uh, and it still is one of the most different games on the market, even though I really do feel it is the Japanese take on the whole Mass Effect idea. I look at it more as Legend of Galactic Heroes, the it, well, it could all, you can yeah. all see it that way, because you have the giant space battles. I mean, Well, where, I, I feel like they wanted to do the Legend of Galactic Heroes space battles and then built a game idea around that, eventually. Right. Uh, but, I mean, it is a thing where it does almost a sweet cone thing where you can gain a huge you you know, know, huge group crew, of people who become the crew of your ship. Which you can actually assign them into spots, and they level up in those spots and get better at what they do as a crew. And they add, you know, bonuses to your performance. But, but your decisions... You know, indicate which characters live, which characters die, which characters you meet, which characters you don't meet. How you progress through the story. And there's a pretty big, huge amount of space you cruise around in. and uh... You know, even like the thing where you're going from planet to planet, it's very almost reminiscent. Yeah. Of like what you would do a Mass Effect on a DS would be like. <laughs> um, and even the, I won't, I won't tell you the plot of Infinite Space, but when you especially get to the end game, you realize it's the same plot as Mass Effect. Like, there's different bells and whistles on it, and a different, it's different, but the, the base general oval strokes. It's not it's terribly really different. It's fairly similar to uh, Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke, uh, but, you know, for literary sci-fi people. But And even then, Mass Effect 2 was awesome! Yeah? Like, it was a lot of fun, and just a uh, month ago I played um, the Liara DLC. Yeah. Um, Overlord? Overlord? Overlord, yeah. Yeah, that actually. Um... That was, and it was, and that was just going back to Mass Effect was so much fun. 
yeah, if you, you know, if you had romanced Liara in the first game and you were feeling a little bit let down, that, that did a lot to make me feel better. Uh, but that, those, are, those are my games of the year. I had a lot of fun with all three of those. But I'm guessing that Eric's is... Uh, wait, Bayonetta. the game of the year? Yeah. Bayonetta, right? Right, Bayonetta, right? No, yeah. fuck you guys. Um, Bayonetta, game of the uh, year. I have a tie in my mind. Because I base game of the year on what I had the most fun with. And it's got nothing to do with presentation. It's got nothing to do with It's flat out, what did I sit down and have the most fun with? And it has to be a tie between Mass Effect 2 and Mod Nation Racers. Because uh, some of the best moments for me in 2010, which was a pretty shitty year, was sitting in this house that we're recording this in right now with uh, Basil shooting the shit and going, uh, what the fuck, these guys are t- stupid on my nature racer. That was like, a lot of fun. That was totally badass, and uh, we need to do that more. We haven't done that lately. Actually, um, you're too busy with your girlfriend now to come play my nation racers with me. You're too busy, like, moving out of your house. Well, that's true. Um, but, hey, I'll be closer so you can play my nation that's racers. True. And, I'm um, not too busy, but no one wants to come give me a ride anywhere. I <laughs> live 30 minutes away. Buy a car, 40-year-old man. But, uh, I'm barely 32. Um, but the, I'm sorry, Kevin. But the point is that uh, that was a lot of fun. And then Mass Effect 2 is just... It's not as good as stories, Mass Effect 1, but it's almost, and it fixed every gameplay problem I had with Mass Effect 1. Gone is the crappy inventory. Gone is, is some weapons being completely useless. You know, gone is uh, uh, um, a unnecessarily complicated, aided system. I don't like the essentially the talent trees as much because there's basically one talent tree for. There used to be there were, were choices in the talent tree. Now it's basically like put your points in the thing that obviously blows shit up. There's very little, yeah, little gameplay. There's a, there's some. Know. I'm like, really hoping that they add some more of that back into it. Without adding the stuff, I I'm glad they took away. Like I would like to see some more weapon options. Yeah, more weapon. More specifically, more better armor options. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was a disappointment, especially with all the different armor. They were all like, "Oh, we'll put out all these different armors in Dellon context," and it was kind of like. But I would love to see more options and actually leveling up your character. I hope the planet mining mini game goes away. I Um, liked planet mining. I didn't, but uh, I played on Xbox. It was slow. I played it on Xbox too. Oh, well, I have no explanation why you liked it. Beyond that, one time I probed Uranus and the computer chastised me for it. Commander Shepard. Probe away. Commander Shepard. That needs to be... Uh, the, uh, we'll, we'll need to find it. We'll need to find that. Commander Shepard. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect 2 is a blast. It's fun. Uh, it's got the best set of characters and all. I mean, we sat down with our male lead and it was like, well, this Mass Effect character and this Mass Effect character and this Mass Effect character... And just the way, I mean, we also did a podcast about this already, so I'm going to too much, but just how all the decisions from one carried over into two. Yeah, it was just, like, it was, it's what's, it's something that RPG people have been wanting for years. Like, your decisions matter because, you know, they affect the universe in the next game. And in a similar vein, why it's silly to actually play Dragon Age Awakenings, one day I'll actually play it. I'm really curious to see how they actually incorporate all this stuff in, and what Dragon Age did to Dragon Age 2. Because Dragon Age actually was one of my favorite games of 09. Like, and I actually thought I might, and I sunk way more hours in the Dragon Age than I ever did in the Mass Effect. Probably because well, it was, well, it was also a bigger game. Well, your, your mental problems aside, Mass Effect 2. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Kevin, what's your game of the year? Super I, Robot Wars, though? Well, I actually have a bit of a shocking swerve in that 
this game doesn't really fit well in any of the categories we've presented. Um, it's, it is an import game, though. Um, it's the uh, Kamen Rider Ganbarai uh, DS game, which is based on a Japanese arcade game. It's kind of a hybrid arcade fighter card battling game. It, but basically it amounts to you can have various Kamen Riders fight each other two on two. It's kind of a weird slot-based system to, con to determine how, what your points values are with the occasional optional card to make things happen. And damn if it isn't surprisingly entertaining to just have riders punching each other and kicking each other. It, it's, if we're going by the same criteria that Eric put forth, the game I actually dumped had the a most, lot of yeah, time into. Was, and, it's not time, it's had pure a lot fun. Of fun with. Yeah, it's the pure fun factor. And I don't even know what kind of to categorize this game is. Like I said, it's kind of an art, a hybrid arcade fighter card game. Like if you go play the card game in Japan, you put in your money to play and you get a card. And you get to play. You don't really need the cards to play the game, but they do... They sell the cards the anyway. Combat. Yeah, it's like you get a card when you play the game. They're kind of like on the second turn of combat, and no combat, I think, goes, I believe it can't go more than four turns anyways, but like on the second turn or beyond, you get to play a card, and that makes some kind of modification to your stats or to a certain effect in the game. And, you know, you have cards for the different riders, and it's, it, it's fun. If you're a common rider nerd, and I'm probably the only one in like a 100-mile radius, um, it's awesome. <laughs> that's so uh, you know it's a bit of a shocking swerve because I don't know what the hell to classify this game as uh, no that sounds like a game that totally can be your game of the year and and was awesome was pretty awesome and since we're the podcast for everything awesome it's a good thing it was or we'd have to kill you Kevin yeah if they kill you with a, the Simpsons Gatorade another bottle. edition um, I'd probably buy it but you but you had to kill him in an awesome way with a Gatorade bottle you can't just pretend like you're you're blowing a dick here in front of me and say, well, like, I'm going to be amusing while you're trying to talk. Yeah. So, but yeah. on that note, that is our final... That's a, that's our final word on 2010. 10, and we hope that you're also going to enjoy us in 2011. When we do a video podcast for our 100th show. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Pussy farts! <laughs>